and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. Uh, on this, this show, we recap the week in news and we try to stay up to date for you so that you know everything that's going on in the world of gaming. I am your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And we are about to bring it. So um, we start out the shows talking about games that we played in the last week. And for once... In a very, very, very long time, I've played a new game. <laughs> if you <laughs> follow this show, you've realized probably that I hadn't played a new game in a month. So I'm very happy to tell you that I played a new game this week, Mike. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I thought you were talking to everybody else, not me, man. No, I was talking to you. It's a, it's kind of the basis of our show. You're the only person I'm talking to. <laughs> But um, no, this week I played After Party. It is a uh, new game from Night School Studios. It um, is available on Game Pass and actually launched on Game Pass, which is really cool because this is a game I've been looking forward to for over a year. And to look up information on it to see how much it was going to be when it came out and then to find out that I already could play it without having to purchase it was really cool. Uh, Night School Studios, if you're not familiar with them, they are the creators of Oxenfree, and that is one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Uh, Oxenfree is amazing story-based, dialogue choice, um, story kind of based game, and it's also a side-scroller and has a really interesting art style, really compelling story. Um, So this new game is from the same studio, and it still has the same mechanics in the sense that it's still a side-scroller, still heavily dialogue choice-based. But there's a few twists with the dialogue choices, uh, but we'll get into that in a second. So basically, the synopsis of the game is you play as two characters that uh, start out in hell, and Uh they don't know how they got in hell. And basically, it's so far, I've only probably put in about three hours of gameplay. So far, it's about how they are trying to get out of hell and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but that's basically the whole game and it's going to have different things and tasks you have to do to attempt to escape hell. (laughs) Oh, holy hell. What's really cool about it though, is that it has a real fun laid back um, idea of hell basically that it creates. And what the hell basically hell is a bunch of uh, bars and, uh, the whole game is like makes hell look like this night street, dark alley, basically. That sounds and like a every, hell of a good time. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I caught the pun. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> basically, every uh, island that you go to within the game has bars and every bar that you go to has different drinks. So this is where the game's mechanics come into play. The different drinks give you different dialogue options when you're communicating with people. So there's some drinks that will make you more like aggressive and then ones that make you more assertive, uh, ones that make you more flirtatious, ones that make you um, basically cause trouble. (laughs) There was one I think that I just found that makes you talk like a pirate. But basically, that's the mechanics of the game is it's just like Oxenfree in the sense that it's dialogue based and you form your story by what choices you make. You can do certain tasks or do other ones 
doing one thing doesn't allow you to do the other. But the twist on the mechanic that Oxenfree didn't have is the drinks where it allows you to have more choices. And often those extra choices are bad choices. I've noticed they're often ones that would not make the situation better. So you have to read (laughs) in the game. You have to prepare for what interaction you're about to make by what drink you take to the interaction. So if you're about to communicate with a certain person where all you before talking to them the first time, all that you know about them is like they're lonely or they're an outcast or something like that. You might choose a different drink for different options than you would to a character that is, um, assertive and controlling (laughs) where you would want something a little bit more aggressive. So you have to have the drink with you while you're having the dialogue, because the only time you can get the dialogue options is if you take a sip. And if you sip too much, then you run out of the ability to have those dialogue options because apparently this alcohol only stays in your system for like five seconds, (laughs) but that's just how the game works. It's a really cool game that I've, uh, Enjoyed the last couple of days. Awesome. Yeah, I think it released on Halloween. Maybe it released on Halloween. Maybe the day before Halloween. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, it's only been up a few days. So if you get a chance, go uh, check out uh, After Party from Night School Studios. It's a really cool story-based game. Right on. It's free with Game Pass. Uh, what'd you play this week? I played a an absolute shit ton of Modern Warfare. Um, I've noticed. <laughs> I have talked a lot of crap about Call of Duty. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say call of duty Four. the crap that I have talked is justified. Um, and if you want to debate it, you can go ahead and send me a message. One of our podcasts links, whatever I'll debate it to hell and back. But this modern warfare that is on right now is probably one of the funnest games I have ever played. Um, besides overwatch and paladins, um, it's right now in my top three of games. Uh, you know that I'm an overwatch fan, you know, I'm a paladins fan big time. Yeah. Uh, but this game is a lot of fun. Uh, I did hear one person say, um, about it that, um, they would rather slam their balls in a car door than play call of duty, modern (laughs) warfare. But I'm telling you right now, that is not necessary. My friend. Save your balls, play the game, you will have fun, and you get to keep your balls. It's a win-win. So, I'm just saying. Anyway, I've been playing the <laughs> shit out of it. Um, I've never been one for first-person shooters, so it was kind of hard for me to get into it at first, but I gave it an, a legitimate go, and I figured yeah. you know, that I was going to either get hooked on it within 10 to 15 games, or you know, rounds, or I was going to hate it. So I gave it a legitimate chance and I absolutely uh, fell in love with it. Um, It does have some issues still because it is a brand new game and it's had a couple of small patches that came out, but it's, you know, it was quite a big download. It's around a hundred gigabytes. And uh, there's a couple of, uh, but you know, when you download it now, you get all the updates that have come in and, etc. But you get some fixes right off the bat. So that's kind of nice. Um, But there is some stuff that they do have to take care of. But let's talk about the actual gameplay. What I noticed is that Mm. it's um, 
it's the usual stuff as far as first person shooters. You need to get your your settings correct, etc. There's a ton of videos that are already out that can help anybody, even the novice player, um, even some experts that have played the other modern warfare games. Look at some of these videos, set your set your settings, and then go in, and you'll have a great freaking time. Um, it's just I, I, the only thing I can really say about it is that it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, it doesn't get boring and it doesn't get, um, I don't get really triggered on it. You know, when I'm losing, I just figure, okay, part of the game is you're going to freaking die unless you're a damn pro. So just go in and expect to die and, and just shoot people up and have a good time. It's uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different, uh, multiplayer things that you can do as far as, uh, you have headquarters, um, where you have to go ahead and, you know, get the headquarters, capture the headquarters, maintain the headquarters until the time is over with, and then the new headquarters will pop up. You have control the objectives, uh, A, B, and C. Um, you have mm-hmm. uh, you have um, the uh, team death matches. Uh, there's the regular size team death match, which I believe is five, and then you have ten player and twenty player, uh, which is just some badass stuff. It is so much fun. Um, you have plenty of different uh, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, kill streaks that you can get um you know and you can put those in different orders that you want to according to the kill streaks that you do get so you get two kill streak you get five you know seven whatever it may be all the way up to oh you know pretty good amount you know um i've seen yeah. tanks i've seen mini tanks i've seen uh one big pain in the ass of the helicopter gunners and the um the planes that are sitting up top right above you a freaking these hover jets that are just shooting at you. Um, so yeah, you know, these guys that get these huge kill streaks, yeah, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but they're not unbeatable. That's the thing. Um, you get different things with your classes as far as I use, uh, right now I'm using a Centex, uh, basically, which is some C4 and sticky grenade. It sticks to the, the, object that i'm throwing it at so if it's a tank i got a critical hit on a tank the other day um those mini tanks you could take those out and also if you put it in the right spot and you know the enemy's coming around listening for you know you got a good headset and you're listening for footsteps and etc you can tell the direction they're coming from so there's a lot of uh options as far as counteracting some of these uh, kill streaks that you think are unbeatable etc um you know, and like I said at the beginning, there are some complaints that are but that we're gonna about to get into, you know, talking about it. But uh dude, one of the funnest games I've played in a long time. Um, I, I'm just I've actually recommended it on stream to people. And if you have a chance, get it. Get it. It's uh yeah, you know, there's obviously some load up issues, there's obviously some crash issues, but it's a new game. You have to expect that. But it is one hundred percent so much fun. I mean, I can't say that enough about this game. It's very easy to get caught up uh, to how to play, and it's very easy to start getting those kills. I mean, I went from getting no kills in a game mm-hmm. to literally, let's put it this way, and I know some people are going to laugh, and please do, because I've never played a game like this where KD uh, meant anything to me, your ratio, your kill-to-death ratio. But I started right. with a .09. No fucking lie. that is absolute (laughs) trash bro absolute trash but in three days of paying attention and learning and watching what i was supposed to do i went from a 0.09 to a 0.53 so it's coming up 
Right. You know, I get up to a 1.5. I'm going to feel pretty damn good about myself, to be honest with you. And that's my goal is to get up to that level of, of, uh, of KD and it's very possible right. with this game. Um, some of the weapons are incredible right now. I'm rocketing, uh, an M four and it is fully loaded. I've got all sorts of bells and whistles and I can't even remember what fucking level this gun is. I mean, it's way up there. It's probably, I, I can't even guess venture to guess what level that weapon is. And it's pretty much right. the only weapon that I've used. And I hear people on the other team. Cause sometimes I'll turn on the chat and they are just pissed, pissed that people won't put down these M fours. Well, these M fours are probably going to get nerfed. Um, shotguns are another great one, dude. Shotgun kills are amazing. Um, and if you, if you're, you know, if you're good with a shotgun and you're in close quarters, I recommend it a hundred percent because people are, being nasty sneaky little bastards with these shotguns and it's so much it's so cool that's that's what i was going to talk about um i i'm i just i haven't played the new one so i'm not going to act like i know how it plays but right now i I would give you a four out of five i would give it a four out of five that's my i mean so um, amid the bugs i would give and the problems i would give it a four out of five Right, and you said that you were you said a couple of times that you hadn't played a Call of Duty in a while, but you played World War Two. How many were between World War Two and this one, dude? I just one. Um, there I don't Wait, know no, how you played many. the last one. I played Call I of Duty you've Blackout. Played everyone since I played World War Two for about a day, and then <laughs> just put it away, and then I played uh, Call of Duty Four uh, Blackout for about a day and a half, two days. I've tried to jump on it a couple more times, but I actually went back to Apex instead of that. So basically those were right. both a huge colossal waste of money for me. I did not enjoy okay. them at all, but I might go <laughs> back and play it now since I've kind of got the feel of it with modern warfare, you know, and, and here's another thing about this game, the, the campaign, I'm not going to give any spoilers. The campaign is so freaking awesome and dark and i mean you get to the end of the campaign and uh i just kind of swallowed hard because you you'll get the chills man it is uh yeah i'm not going to spoil it any other than that it's amazing you've already beat the campaign is it short or it's not that long i played a lot i've just played a lot yeah i've got like (laughs) i don't know how many hours in the game just on multiplayer I don't know how many hours I've gotten the game. It's it, I can't even remember. It's crazy amount. <laughs> okay, so the the top complaints about the game. Since, yeah, I mean, any yeah. good game has things that it can be, improve on, and the top complaints that I've seen about the game are all really not. I hate this game. It's usually complaints about they can improve these things because these are all improvable things. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Everything that I've seen is 100% fixable with, you know, even small minimal patches. Right. So like the, the first one that a lot of people complain about is the maps designs. Yeah. A lot of people say that the ones that are, is it 10 V 10? Is that a mode? Yeah. There's a 10 V 10, uh, that's a, a lot uh, of people say that the 10 V 10 maps are like ridiculously big and it takes a long time to find anyone. And that makes the gameplay feel really slow. There are some big maps. There really are. Um, 
and sometimes that can cause those issues. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, there, there could be some uh, condensing of those maps in order to make the running and gunning a little more realistic. <laughs> right, and and with that, with the map complaint, a lot of people are saying that older Call of Duties that they grew up playing were about being able to own people by getting tons of kills every now and then. But with the new maps, um, there's so many places that you can hide that you'll be yeah. lucky to ever get three kills without dying. That is, and that actually is a big <laughs> problem too, is that because um, the highest that I've gotten on a kill streak without dying was six. Um, which is pretty good in my in my eyes. I mean, getting six that's kills pretty without good from dying. From the people I've seen playing it, yeah, that seems pretty high. That's yeah. that's the highest that I've gotten so far. I barely now, believe you, but go ahead. <laughs> oh no, it's it, I can snapshot. I can take a snapshot of it and send it to you, bro. It's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> my highest kill streak is six without dying. Um, now I've got uh, friends. One of them was a, is also a guest that we had on the show, Soro. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, I think the highest he's gotten was twelve without dying but he's a freak dude i've seen him get like i think it was 41 kills in a game it's insane in i mean the guy is just amazing at it and i've seen some other people do very very well also um but the highest i've gotten in a game was like 14 and 8 was my best game and um that's pretty high for me but the problem that i see with these huge maps and some of the map arguments that I've actually discussed with people in game that I've been right. playing against and with uh, is the campers uh, people right. who just camp and cause modern warfare, what they, what I was told is when I first picked up this game was this is it's run and gun. You run and gun. And I, by the way, love doing that it is so fucking amazing feeling guys running and gunning and getting kills is so crazy fun, but it's not like that right now. Um, right. And a lot of people are blaming the maps for the camping. Oh, there are so some many spots. Yes. Where spots. you should, I mean, cause you should be able to clear a room by throwing a stun grenade. It goes off. You run in the guy's stunned. It, it shouldn't be such a, uh, a huge room or a maze that you can just boop, boop. And you're out away from it. And the grenade goes off and you come back around the wall. Um, that that to me is an issue. You should be able to clear some of these camp spots and then go in with a grenade or a stun grenade or you know properly going in and clearing rooms. But you, it's almost like when they camp, you come out of a spawn and you can't leave your spawn because you, you go in one right. or two directions and they've got people camped out. And if they do it correctly, then yeah, they can camp your spawn. It's almost like an overwatch when you get camped on the spawn. It really sucks. And it just makes it for, it makes it for some shitty game, game time. But I, I always assumed that was part of the game, but then I've heard, you know, I started hearing more complaints that people are saying, this isn't right. You shouldn't be able to, to camp the spawn. You right. Know? Yeah. So yeah, camping was like number one on complaints I've seen. Um, number two was a lot of people do not like the skill-based matchmaking. And this goes back to the same complaint about the maps because apparently people like the ability to have really good, amazing games. I mean, everybody does. That's why people smurf sometimes to be not matched correctly because it's fun to every now and then destroy low-level people, like you said in an episode in the past. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if that's the but, legitimate argument though, about pe- be- people saying the skill-based matchmaking. And here's why, because 
I have had some games that are amazing where I actually led the kill board, you know, and I was like, okay, that should not be happening. You know, do they not know who I am? Yeah. And do, have they not seen me play? I'm that <laughs> shit. I should not be at the top of the board. But then I've played against people, not with a group, not in a team with RLG or anybody like that, who I know was going to get high levels of uh, uh, kills anyway. Right. But I've played some games where a guy gets 30-something kills in a game, and I get six. I'm right. like, how? That how? could just be a complaint from early on in the game's that may that maybe may be. by now it's just kind of evened out more because I don't see it a, a lot of times that it's actually skill based on the matchmaking because if that was true I'd be playing with people that are just as bad as me every time <laughs> and sometimes I play against some people that are absolutely amazing and uh, you know I've seen the fan clay the phase clan name on in the, a few of these games I've seen some other big clan names in there also. Um, and these people smoke you. I mean, they kick your ass. So it, it, to me, skill-based would kind of take away from the process of learning how to become a better player in Modern Warfare. Because I 100% believe in the adage that you have to play against people that are better than you in order to become as good as they are. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't mind getting my ass smoked because it just gives me a way to come in and say, okay, how can I beat these guys next time? And the next round, I go in, and guess what? I start racking up kills against these people, and I start seeing Kingslayer, 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 because I'm killing the guy with the top kills. I'm killing the guy who's killing all our guys. So there is, you have to learn to adjust. And I think that's a fair argument. If people are against me on that, please send me your argument on that, man. I want to know what I'm saying wrong, but this is just what right. I've seen in the gameplay. I think the problem with the complaint against skill-based matchmaking is people are comparing a 2019 Modern Warfare to like a 360 era yeah, Modern Warfare. You may be right. Because if you go that far back, that's when you're getting the just random games that are amazing and random games that are terrible, you know. Um, but what I what I think people are comparing it to because I see this a lot in the chats and I've talked to a few people that have actually mentioned this, but in um, Infinite Warfare, um, they're comparing yeah. it they're comparing it to that actual game almost negatively and, because I um, feel like nobody likes that game. Yeah, in a negative way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, they were at first. I should. I should actually update that. They were at first. So maybe um, these last couple of patches, because I have had a couple of patches where it said it was patching the game real quick. And it went fast, by the way, guys. It was super fast. But um, And for me to say that, running on DSL, that's a pretty damn big <laughs> statement. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't compare it because I never played Infinite Warfare. I can only compare mm -hmm. it to the other games that I have played. Um, but to me... Just the fact that they took out the the battle pass thing, the season pass, and they okay. just they just made it a game where you go and you play the campaign and you can you can you know you can set up custom games with your buddies or whatever. But the multiplayer aspect, it the whole way that they're doing it right now actually feels right. I don't feel this pay to win crap that I was talking about earlier that may be happening that I was talking about a couple right. episodes ago with the uh, loot chests and weapons being attached to it. Um, 
that is actually, when I looked at it, that is actually a killstreak benefit where a weapons chest will drop, but you got to get a massive killstreak. I'm talking like close to 20. And that's right. really hard to do in this game. It really is. Now, people do get, you know, upwards of 35, 40 kills, but they don't get 20 of those without dying first. You know, they may get 10 or 11, but that's, I don't see people going past 12, 13, 14 kills right now. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen eventually, but I don't see it happening past 14, maybe 15 kills right now, not up to 20, 25 in a kill streak. You know, if they do that, then they deserve that damn weapon chest. I'm telling you that right now. Now, if that's the way that they leave it, great. I think that'll be awesome. Mm -hmm. But if they do make it, if they do make it pay to win, it's going to ruin the really good game these guys have going. But what you're describing sounds like well, what World War II felt like on launch. I'm not sure if it changed, but the problems that you're talking about that it doesn't have are all um, things that were in Black Ops Four. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because Call of Duty World War II was advertised as campaign and then multiplayer, and there was no season passes or anything like that. But then they brought um, that into it. See, I didn't know that. If they did, I, I didn't know That's that. That's my under... Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. No, I don't know if they did that with World War II, but they did uh, with... With Black Ops 4. Yes. Blackout. And so they've, yeah. they've gotten rid... That was a complaint that they had with Blackout, so that's what they... They've gotten rid of that again with Modern Warfare, which to me is a great idea. There's no reason for a season pass. There really isn't. Right. Um. It To me, this feels like a legitimate grind, and it feels good, man. People are grinding it out and... You know, I mean, I'm up to like level 30, <laughs> 38, 39. Wait, no, I might've hit level 40. So I may be up there a little bit higher, but yeah, I mean, and it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to get the, the curve of this game. So the grind feels good. Oh, it feels, that? it feels really good, man. The campaign feels good. <laughs> the multiplayer feels good. The grind feels good. It feels, the grind feels incredible. I'm sorry, you okay. brought me. You brought Unless, me there, bro. No, I, I was just trying to get a sound bite. <laughs> so, um, so the last point that I had that a lot of people complain about that you may actually not be able to relate with because you're saying you didn't play Call of Duty for so many years. Um, a lot of people are saying that it doesn't have many game modes, and they're comparing it to other Call of Duties that have things like Capture the Flag and just a more variety of game modes rather than what is in modern warfare. How many game modes are in this game? Um, there are, let me see. Um, you know what? Hold on one second. Now there is, um, there is, uh, uh, gunfight is kind of cool. That, that one, I wanted to talk about that. That's a two V two mode. That was one of the first ones yeah. that I played in uh, multiplayer, just, you know, shitting around. And I had a lot mm -hmm. of fun in that. I died the first couple of rounds without any kills, but then I figured it out real quick and I started smoking people and it was really cool. Ground war. That's not something that I've done yet, but that's a 64 player mode. And I've heard that some people have, um, uh, some people have, uh, launched nukes in that mode, which is really kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of the multiplayer modes that people have been complaining about that not having is hardpoint. Now, hardpoint is one of the ones that was uh, 
uh, that's for MLG. And uh, I've heard some talk about that because uh, of some people that I know that are trying to be in an MLG COD team um, that they need that back in it. But I think that's what headquarters is because headquarters does seem a lot like Hardpoint, from what I'm understanding. Uh, you get yeah. a different point that, that comes T comes up after a certain amount of time you have to hold the point um or you have to go and and destroy the enemy's uh uh what thing they put together at the hard point or the headquarters so i think that's what headquarters is i think it's just a different name for hard point i may be wrong but we're gonna have to see on that one um they have team deathmatch they have survival uh search and destroy um they have ground war uh, they have, uh, let's see, headquarters. They have uh, different ones of the team deathmatch, I uh, believe. They have the regular, they have the 10 and 20. Um, Ground War is, a six, like I said, a 64-player mode. And um, yeah. uh, let's see. Domination is another one. Capture the Flag is kind of like um to me is kind of like domination in a way but i can also understand because you've got to cross the map grab their flag right. come back with it so i can understand why they would want that and i think that they are going to be bringing that back because that's some of the talk that i've been hearing as far as talking to other people in the, in the game but um right and that's all the complaints that i was saying was that um all of these complaints are things that they could fix. Things like lack of game modes. Of course, they could just add more game modes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's just the case of being in 2019 with a game. Um, but a lot of people would say that it should launch with a full game rather than you slowly get more game. But, I mean, that's just how businesses work now. Um, who knows? Activision may have other game modes uh, in their back pocket that they're just ready to activate as a way to get people back into the game later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You now they, they have a realism mode, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's like, basically you get, you know, you get shot in the right spot. You're dead. You know, it's not, um, uh, it, it's very, uh, well, you were watching <laughs> it the other day. It's like climactic. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't have to take eight bullets or you, you don't have to watch the guy you're shooting. You know, you, you hit him three <laughs> times in the torso and he hits you once in the neck and you're dead. No bullshit. You know, uh, it's, you know, your bullets are going to hit their, um, their, uh, armor and it's going to knock them down <laughs> and whatnot. But yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of good things about this game, dude. It really is. There really is a lot of good shit about it. Does it have them in the realistic mode actually cursing when they get shot? Oh, dude, they curse in the other mode. I've, oh, I've really? shot. Oh, okay. dude, I, I'm sitting there in a window and I see a guy going for objective B in the middle of uh, Piccadilly and he comes around the buses and the, the B objective B is right there in the center. And <laughs> this some bitch comes at it and I go, and he goes, ah, oh, fuck you and dies. Or like, or like, <laughs> God damn it, you know, there's something. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is so awesome. You, you dude, you have to try the game. You have to, I think you would really enjoy it. And, uh, I'm going to keep pushing it because they haven't ruined it yet. So <laughs> I think it's, I think it's an amazing game. I really do. Okay. That's and this is coming from a person warfare. who, you know, this is coming from a person who, you know, isn't a big fan of call of duty. 
<laughs> you know, I now, mean, you've given it a lot of chances though for saying that you've bought the last three titles. Yes, I mean, yeah, I did kind of get screwed over a few times, so you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the basic the basic thing about it, guys, is that it does feel fantastic when you're playing it. It really does. The guns are loud. The re the recoil when you're looking at it, you know, through the first person, it it feels real, and the work you have to do to add the attachments to it, um, mm-hmm. in order to make it the gun that fits your play style, not just a, a cookie cutter weapon, but your actual play style, man. Uh, cause I use stuff that other people don't use and I'm doing just as good as they are now. So right. it's, uh, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good to it. Now there, like we said, there is some bad, um, that are part that are, uh, uh, that are coming with it. I do notice some cross player, uh, cross player problems. Um, been playing with, uh, one of the guys on the team from, um, that plays on PlayStation. And, uh, every once in a while we get in a match and everything's fine. You know, we play the whole day, but more, more times than enough to make it actually irritating. Um, you know, we're playing with him and a couple other people on PlayStation. And after a match, they all get disconnected. And then about three minutes later, five minutes later, they reconnect and they're back in the group. So, you know, <laughs> we have to keep stopping and waiting. So hopefully with this new patch, that's supposed to be coming out because I think they do have a big one. Um, well, PlayStation is kind of new to cross play. So yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, other than that, and yes, yeah, some of the maps guys for veteran players, they are frustrating and, they do piss you off because you'll get sniped and then you get respawned. You come around the corner and poof, you get sniped and <laughs> you know, but to me, <laughs> to me, honestly, it's making me uh, a much more better player now because I have to figure stuff out and I enjoy that part of it. But however, there is that issue with some of the maps. And also one of the things that people are talking about still is spawning. When you spawn, um, I have spawned like in front of three of the enemy and they just <laughs> shoot me. They just shoot me right there. And it's like a free kill for them. And I'm like, what the fuck did you spawn God me here for? It. Exactly. And, but I've also noticed that that's a problem in battlefield. That's a problem in several other games. And unless you have some super <laughs> duper high powered AI, that's running the spawn, you're going to spawn sometimes where the enemy's at because you, the, it, the game could have you set to spawn in a certain area. And this guy's like maybe, uh, you know, a 10 second run to that area. He doesn't know where you're spawning at. He just happens to be running that way. And guess what? Boom. You right, run right into spawning him. doesn't spawning doesn't take 10 seconds. Uh, when it chooses to spawn you, it probably takes about a second. So you think it would be able to move you further away. In well, real time. Yeah, I could see that. And that might but, but I know a lot of games have that problem. It's just something when that you feel like should have been figured out by now in video games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of games do have that problem. So I don't I don't know if the spawning is gonna be uh is gonna be an issue that's corrected right away. But I do think the maps, they're gonna be working on that. And I think that some of the connectivity issues that they've been having is gonna is gonna help out. Um <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, man, mostly it's been a positive experience. I have played with some pretty toxic people. 
<laughs> I mean, it's Call of Duty, of course you. But are. what's what's nice is you can actually you can actually mute everybody, or you can only mute the people in your party, or you can only mute the people, uh, or you can mute uh, the whole other team, or you can have it to where you're only talking to your party. The game chat is amazing, by the way, because it sounds like you're actually talking on the radio to each other. You know what I mean? And they put that uh, <laughs> that filter in it so that it sounds like you're. You know, you're sitting there, sitting there, you know, echo one, one, you know, blah, blah, blah. Send me this, you know, <laughs> you whatever. Pretend like you can't hear what people are saying when they don't say over. <laughs> There's too many videos of that already, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a guy that does military that? YouTube videos <laughs> and it's hilarious over. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so all in all, there are some problems, but I totally thumbs up, guys. Get it. So let's awesome. move. Let's move on. Okay, so breaking news, um, as we are recording this episode, uh, Overwatch 2 is getting demoed at BlizzCon right now. Yes. So um, about an hour ago, yeah, about an hour ago, BlizzCon actually had the official announcement of Overwatch 2, and I don't know, maybe they'll clear up more things tomorrow, but as of right now... The information that they gave us is almost as confusing as not having any information. <laughs> so <laughs> they confirmed some stuff and then made it just more confusing. So in short, there's a new eight-minute trailer, like cinematic for oh, Overwatch you, 2. That you is gotta go watch it, people. It's amazing. I'm sure you've already. It's amazing, but I'm sure you've already <laughs> seen it. Um, by the time you listen to this episode. But there's also a, I think it's like two or three minutes uh, video now up that is some gameplay of Overwatch 2. And it's still kind of shopped in a sense of it's still kind of a cinematic, like it's angles of gameplay that you wouldn't normally see during gameplay. But it kind of shows you what it's going to look like. Um, yeah. Uh, so far, all we know is that it is going to look a little bit sleeker. They say it's going to have a new engine or like a basically a stronger engine running it, so it's going to look a little bit better. They said that every one of the characters is getting redesigns, so every character is going to look different in the new Sweet. game. Sweet. Um, they say that there's going to be a full campaign mode, which is what people have been begging for. Um, there's also going to be a PVE mode that is like mixed in with quick play and stuff. They said that was called push. And it looks like it's a robot pushing a, an object, which is different from the payload. I don't know if it's like tug of war or something. Maybe it could be like that. It could be like a payload map, but it goes both ways. I'm not sure. Um, but it's called push and that's going to be a new mode. That's going to be in quick play arcade, all of that. Um, the biggest question, obviously, is whether or not it makes Overwatch 1 irrelevant and how does Overwatch 2 fit into that. And Jeff basically got up there and said something that didn't really answer that. He said that if you already have Overwatch, that you would be able to play all of the new maps in the new game even if you don't have Overwatch 2, and you'd be able to play all the new characters. Now, what's weird about this is 
what does that mean? <laughs> um, if you have Overwatch 1 and not Overwatch 2, you can still play quick play with people with Overwatch 2. So let's say you have a disc copy. So you pop in the disc and you're playing with people on a different engine in the same game. I don't understand how this works. Now, even a disc copy to play Overwatch, you have to yeah. be online. So maybe it's the disc is like worthless because it's instead when you put the disc in for Overwatch, it installs all of Overwatch 2, which is a different game. <laughs> and it's saying that it's going to have the same maps that we already have, just change to the new engine. And there's going to be a bunch of new maps when Overwatch 2 releases. There's going to be multiple new characters, they said. So we know Sojourn, which was hinted at in Storm Rising, is going to be added. We also know um, Echo. Echo is going to be added, which was hinted at a year ago in the yeah. McCree cinematic at last BlizzCon. Yep. Um, I think that cop should be involved. And, I just, and I just like her. In the cinematic. I just like her because <laughs> she, she didn't run, man. She did not run. She is, is overwatched to the core. Oh yeah, there's there's Widow. Um, is Widow so, French? I thought she was. I, I thought she wrong. was. Dude, she's like purple, dude. She can't be French, man. She's like an alien okay. or something. I was going to make a joke, but I can't do that. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so anyway, he said that if you had Overwatch the original that you would get everything in Overwatch 2 as far as maps and characters. So you, you won't get the get campaign or the PvE The campaign, boat. I guess? So it's kind of sounding like what I was saying when I said, I at one point said that Overwatch 2 could just be an expansion that is just campaign mode yeah, and maps that the other people couldn't play. Kind of like Battlefield when you add more maps, people that have the base game can't nope. get into those maps. Let me ask you this though. Since Overwatch 2 is supposedly on a different engine, with Overwatch 1, couldn't they just run a patch that has all the new information about the new engine? That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that th if you had a disc copy, I think it's just an activation now when Overwatch 2 comes out because it's going to install an entire digital version of Overwatch 2 yes. with an Overwatch disc from the original game. I think that's what's going to happen probably. Because I think it is, in a sense, I don't know why they won't call it an expansion. I guess it's a marketing tactic because that's what it feels like. So it's taking yeah. the place of Overwatch. He also said that all your statistics and your uh, skins and stuff would carry over. So you're not going to lose any of that stuff. Okay, so yeah, then this makes sense. Then it makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it's right, just, if, uh, it's basically some uh, some DLC. I don't know why they're not calling. I guess they're trying to make it sound like a bigger deal than an expansion, but this is what it feels like. It feels like there's going to be a new $60 game called Overwatch 2. It's going to have all of Overwatch 1 in it, but looking better, and it's going to have a full campaign mode in it. However, if you already have Overwatch, it's like having the $20 version that just doesn't have the $40 extra stuff in it as far yeah. as campaign mode goes. You yeah. get what I'm saying? But you can get but that. Right. But if you have the $20 version, you could still play it because they don't want to offend all the people that are still playing it, basically. You don't want to make your players not be able to play the new game. So yeah. it is still the same game. But at the same time, 
just like when the Overwatch Legendary Edition came out and the Game of the Year Edition came out, you couldn't find the previous editions anymore because it was just raising the price of the new edition. I think when Overwatch 2 comes out, Overwatch will not be sold. It's just more of a courtesy to people that have that old And that makes version. sense, though. You it, get what I'm but, saying? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense because think about this. What if people have the older version, have Overwatch, and you're forced to go out and buy Overwatch 2 digitally or on disc, and you can't play with the people that are playing Overwatch 2. It doesn't make any sense because that only splits up your player base. So this is actually very smart on Blizzard's part because you're going to have those millions of people playing together at the same time, whether you have one or two. Basically, Overwatch 2 is just going to be, like you said, the campaign mode and the PvE mode and maybe the new characters. So maybe yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, yeah, so you'll have to pay for the new characters. I don't but, think you... No, no, he said that you wouldn't have to pay for the new characters. He's saying that... Oh, okay, okay. They're okay. trying to make they're trying to make this scenario happen. Basically, if Overwatch 2 came out tomorrow, they're trying to make it so that if you own Overwatch 1 right now, that you can play Quick Play with every feature of Quick Play tomorrow. And that's really all I'm interested in right now is the right. Quick Play part until I see the actual campaign mode because right. that may be something to get into. Now, of course, I want the campaign mode, but my question is, do I have to spend $60 on the campaign mode or are they going to have a version that is for people that already own Overwatch? I I think they'll have a version. I think it's going to be slightly cheaper. It'll probably be maybe 30, 40 bucks for all the DLC. 40 seems high. 30 seems gracious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I don't know. Either one of anything. You know, it could be anything that has to do with it. But but here's, I mean, yeah. Because you'd be like buying the game again. So like, I don't have the Legendary Edition of Overwatch. I have the Game of the Year Edition. The only difference between Game of the Year and Legendary is like four loot boxes that are guaranteed gold skins in it. So if I was... Xbox will actually let me do this. I can go out and buy the Legendary Edition for $60, which is a waste of money because I already have Overwatch. But essentially, I would be paying $60 for four skins. Yeah. Um, To a degree, that's the same effect of if I bought Overwatch 2 and it was just giving me partial new stuff compared to someone that never even owned Overwatch. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So they should be able to notice that that's kind of stupid, but it's just weird how they're marketing it because it's going to, if you are making it a sequel to make it look more flashy and get people excited about it and get people back into the game, which I think is what they're trying to do. It's interesting that you made it called Overwatch 2 when to a degree, you're not going to be able to even find the original. So I don't know. That is kind of funny. Um, If you are lost about where that cinematic starts that they released today at BlizzCon, it is after the May short and after the intro. So I guess it's the intro to Overwatch, which is Winston calling for help. And then there was a cinematic where Winston's home gets attacked right after at uh is it watchpoint gibraltar i forget um 
by Reaper and Widow. And then on the side, there was an episode where May sent out that distress signal. No, no, no. She didn't send out the distress signal. She received the signal from Winston. Yeah. And then this kind of picks up right where that left off. And that's why May is randomly with Winston and Tracer. I'm wondering, too. This was one thing that uh, somebody had brought up to me the other day that plays. I I actually got some people that are (laughs) that are actually going to be buying Overwatch now or they just bought the new Overwatch or the one we currently have. And now (laughs) now that they've seen the video, because we've linked it to our uh, discord, um, then now they're all freaking out about that, thinking it's going to be awesome. So it's it's kind of cool that people are looking at Overwatch now. Yeah, really cool. Uh, it's really cool to see this well of a cinematic, too. Um, if you see the cinematic, the last animation we got from Overwatch was the intro to Storm Rising, which, to be frank, was probably the worst animation they've ever released <laughs> for Overwatch. It was really quickly put together. You could tell that it was on a really quick budget and probably a very small team made it very fast for Storm Rising. But now you can tell why they've been putting so much work into other things they've been working on Overwatch 2. And Jeff has been hinting at that for about a year. And well, one of the I think things- they're really relieved to finally release that information because every time people were complaining about lack of content, yeah. he just kept saying, just be patient, just be patient. You know. Well, here's, here's one of the things I'm wondering is, are they going to pit some of Overwatch against each other, kind of like in the Avengers Civil War? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody doesn't agree all the time. Let's just, you know, call it like it is. And even in this kind of a scenario with this kind of a team, it is possible that Soldier and uh, Anna and them may not agree 100% to want to be behind Winston and Echo and them. You right, know what I mean? Because in so I'm the wondering canon, if there's going to be two, two sides and in the... Right. You know, in some of the combat that we may do, is that going to actually happen? It'd be really cool if there was boss fights against like an, a buffed up version, kind of like Junkenstein's Revenge. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a buffed up version of another hero. Um, but yeah, because in the canon where this cinematic that just got released is in, um, Soldier 76 is still pretending to be dead in Mexico. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's still what's going on. Um, so him not being in the short is quickly explained. Uh, Reinhardt and uh, Brigitte being in it is kind of explained from Brigitte's cinematic that she had way back. Uh, but it's kind of weird because this is like the cinematic that kind of tied up all of the cinematics that were leading up to this. And you know this was in the back of their heads this whole time. But what's cool about this is the cinematic is making it feel like Overwatch 2 is actually forward in time and it's going to be events that happen after the intro to the game when you first boot up Overwatch. Yes. So it's in the future, which allows them to still make the archives event in the yes. spring still be historical being stuff before it'll still Overwatch be relevant broke up and stuff like that. So they still have that opportunity to make stuff for older Stories. Oh yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying? yeah, absolutely. It's going to be so relevant. That's pretty to- cool in the sense that it doesn't make it irrelevant. You know? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. I agree, man. 
It's going to be uh, so cool. It's going to be so cool. Do I have anything else to say about it? There was a lot to take in. Really was roller man. coaster for Overwatch. Oh, dude, it's like happening I, right now. I kept <laughs> sitting there watching this video. You guys got to see it, but I kept watching it, saying, "Oh God, that uh, that one's gonna die. Oh shit, this one's gonna die. Oh <laughs> shit, no! If they the kill this thing, one, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, if they kill this one off, there's gonna be a huge, huge uproar. But yeah, <laughs> well, none of that." <laughs> I mean, you'll have we to could see. Talk, I guess we could talk about it next week because I don't feel like yeah. spoiling that. But yeah, I, don't yeah, I was spoil feeling the same thing. Whew. God. Okay. It's crazy. Oh, speaking of spoilers, though, um, Jeff had a really funny intro to his talk about Overwatch 2. He got up, and I don't know if he actually... he was. He looked like he was getting really emotional that he was talking about all of the people that came up on the journey of Overwatch and all the people that have supported over the years. It looked like he was getting really emotional about that. But I'm not sure if this... I feel like it was kind of scripted, but he said that he was fumbling over his words and that he was forgetting what he had to say. But then he pulled this joke out, which was actually pretty funny, and he said that, oh, wait, if I don't remember what I have to say, I can just use my phone because on the internet... It already says everything that I'm going to say, which is a joke on the fact that almost everything that was announced was leaked a week ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the joke was that uh, basically everything that they said, the PvE mode, it actually being called Overwatch 2, we had several images already from it. Basically, everything they announced today had been leaked. But the thing is, we get so much fake news that it really wasn't confirmed. So today is confirmation day on overwatch two facts oh wow really cool um i don't know do you have anything else to say about overwatch two i feel like i ran through it really fast um not really because unfortunately there's still a shit ton of questions i mean when you guys see the video when you see the trailer (laughs) you're gonna have as many questions as we do about it and that's one of the things watch the trailer and then send us some messages guys on questions or scenarios that you think might be happening in the game i would love to read you know especially on our facebook send us what you guys think is going to be happening and what you what you see in these trailers and uh what your uh gist of it all is and we'll talk about that next week i think that'd be a lot of fun um to uh to look at some of the speculation that's out there and and see what other people are thinking awesome um so i know that was kind of news related but well all i know about overwatch 2 is that when we're done with this i'm playing tonight so you know you better be on and you know because crunchberry gang needs to ride again baby okay crunch 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 um So let's go on to the news. So crunchy. Oh yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. Okay, so first thing in news is um, if you are very wealthy, (laughs) there... if you're not already aware of this, the original Aladdin and Lion King um, games from the early, early 90s uh, are being re-released on PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox, uh, maybe PC, probably. Um, 
and they're just getting remastered. And it was really surprising to see these get remastered. It was one of the kind of wins for retro gaming because uh, a lot of people like these titles. These are fun titles that um, when things are owned by companies like Disney, you never really are sure if they're going to see the light of day again because of copyright issues being between the developer of the game and the owner of the copyrighted material. Uh, so to see things like Aladdin and Lion King um, get remastered was a big deal. Um, so those are coming out later this year. And um, just in time for that, uh, the company I Am 8-Bit is releasing commemorative versions of these two games on the actual cartridges. Oh, so wow. you can get them on either Sega Genesis cartridges or um, Super Nintendo cartridges. Oh, wow. And they are the color basically of... So like the Lion King one is solid gold and the Aladdin one is like solid clear red on the Sega Genesis one. And it comes with like a big book and a box. So it's supposed to be like you're buying an old school game and it's going to look like it just came off the shelf, you know, from what is that now? 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And uh, it's really cool. <laughs> but if you look at the price tag, <laughs> they are a hundred dollars each, which is to me, that's ridiculous. But to some people, I guess it's not. They've already done this with several games in the past. If you go to im8bit.com, uh, this company usually releases physical copies for games that don't otherwise have physical copies. Uh, like they released a Switch uh, physical copy of Gone Home, which was a PC title that then got ported to... Um, consoles and so it's really weird to see a physical version of it um they have other games like that where they kind of have collectors physical copies so just like music collectors go to vinyl to be old school and physical there's kind of a growing trend of game collectors wanting physical copies of games that have never been physical because we're in this digital age where we've talked before about uh, games basically they can flip a switch and then you can never see a game again that has only been available digitally you know yeah um so it, it is really important for there to be companies like this making games physically that are not available physically because it allows you to have that ability to have circulation at all of a game that is not available physically you know <laughs> so um Basically, <laughs> I got off track there, but basically, if you have $100 and you want a really cool looking edition of Aladdin or Lion King on a rep replica kind of, but also kind of pimped out version of the original cartridges, you can get that at im8bit.com, which is not a sponsor of us, but I thought it was cool information. Um, <laughs> next bit of news is um, Fallout 76. Uh, we talked last week, Mike, about Fallout First. Yeah. Didn't we? Yes. And the atrocity of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> In response, gamers within Fallout 76 are protesting within the game by putting up things uh, in the game, like on billboards and having people hold signs and things that say things like, um, you know, screw Bethesda or don't buy into fallout first stuff like that and the joke of this is is protesting within a game <laughs> is so ridiculous because 
it is sending a message to other players that may not be aware of the controversies, but at the same time, they're keeping the player base up, meaning a better protest would just be to not play Fallout 76. But they're choosing to protest within Fallout 76. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and that's the other thing. I, I, I just said that they're protesting within the game to make people within the game playing aware of the problems with Fallout 76 and Bethesda. But the thing is, of the very few people that are still playing Fallout 76, they all have to know about the controversies. I mean, I mean, if you like the game, you have been putting up with people talking about it, and you're probably completely aware of everything wrong with the game. But if you like it, you like it. There's no I said this last Absolutely. week. You can't change someone's mind about it. No, unless you can't. They're just a weak person and are, you know, fail to peer pressure all the time. But <laughs> you can't change someone's mind about the game if they like it. So like protesting yeah, people, within the game is like not going to do anything because the people that like it aren't going to change their mind because of a sign in the game. No, they're not. They're not. They're going to look at it and they're going to think it's stupid and they're going to move on. They might even put a few bullets through it, you know, but they're, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> That's what I'm know? saying. It's just a waste of time for everyone because the actual way to protest Fallout 76 and Bethesda is just to stop playing the game. That's not going online and still socially interacting with people by protesting. Like that's yep. just letting them win because it's keeping their player base up, you know? And, and, you know, unfortunately that's just, the way it is nowadays, people are companies and, you know, bigger individuals, whatever they are, they, they kind of, they cow down to that stuff in order to keep their name. You know, Blizzard is a good example of it that caused the basic snowball effect. And then you look at how Epic is talking about how they're going to be towards it. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but gaming companies seem to put up with that kind of crap a lot more nowadays and they cow down to it. (laughs) <laughs> welcome to the gaming politics podcast anyway um that's just my it's, opinion it's just a shame you know i agree with you it's just a shame that fallout 76 is just getting milked dry and uh <laughs> that's all there is just, in the game is cows remember you shoot those and you cut them up and that's about it and you milk them dry yeah but anyway milk that sucker Another bit of short news um, is PlayStation View, which a lot of people may not know what is, is getting shut down in January of 2020. Um, If you don't know what PlayStation View is, is it is PlayStation's personal version of a cable cutting service. So it's like Sling Television, Fubo TV, um, DirecTV Now. Uh, any type of streaming service for television that uh, is an alternative to cable. Uh, PlayStation View was Sony's version of that. And PlayStation View ended up being on things like Roku and maybe it was on Fire Stick. I don't quite remember, but it was on other devices. Obviously not Xbox, but it was on other devices. But um, they claimed that they were shutting it down because of low interest um, by consumers for cable cutting services, which is seriously false because it's not that. 
Um, they just couldn't keep up with the competition. It's a highly competitive uh, market right now for that. And PlayStation View is just... The, the thing is, if PlayStation wanted their own version of this, they should have went with something with Sony's name on it, not PlayStation's name on it, because it makes it sound like it's only available on your PlayStation, even if it's available on other devices. And I think that ultimately was probably the demise of the service was... I never even thought of buying into it, even though when I looked into their pricing, it's not that bad. But I never even thought of buying into it because even to me, it felt like something that was only supposed to be on the PlayStation. So I don't know. I think it just failed because of its name. I think if it was under any other name and then had the financial backing of Sony and it could be pushed on the PlayStation, it probably would have succeeded. Because if it had a name that didn't have the word PlayStation in it, you could have it as an ad banner in the store on PlayStation. Um, every time someone logs into the store on their PlayStation, they'd be like, oh, cool, there's a sale on this thing that's a cable cutter. Uh, and I could probably watch it on other devices, right? Oh, I can? Cool. They, If they see it as PlayStation View, they would be like, oh, I can watch TV on my PlayStation. Or I could just keep watching my streaming apps. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just... I think the name was completely where it failed and I guess Sony's kind of hopefully going to learn from that because Sony also owns Crackle, which is like a free version of Netflix with worse shows. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe they realized that. But the thing is, Crackle, when they bought it, they ended up renaming it to Sony Crackle, which to me makes it sound worse i don't know it sounded more unique when it was crackle now that it's sony crackle it's like cool this big corporation's attached sounds like a treat with caramel coated (laughs) popcorn and peanuts you buy in a box for a dollar yeah it does i'm salty on that i'm salty (laughs) (laughs) no you're good but no that's all i really have on that those are just some quick points i had um right on i'll let you take over for a bit yeah, hey, I got a couple of cool stories. Uh, EA Games, um, you know, EA has had issues, but they do have some other good games, etc. Yada yada yada. Well, EA is going to uh, launch. Uh, they're they're going with Steam. Um, EA Games are coming to the Steam uh, network, um, and they're starting with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on November fifteenth. Uh, you can actually pre-order it already on Steam, and. Uh, what's going to happen is all their games are going to start loading into it in the next coming months. Uh, Sims four unravel two, and then apex legends, FIFA 20 battlefields, all of those. And there's not going to be any problem or, uh, like a uh, problem with crossover between our origin and steam players. So you're going to be able to, I believe, load your origin information into steam and you'll be able to access your games through steam, which I kind of like accessing all my stuff through steam. Anyway, um, it's very simple. And, uh, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks back with their new user interface that they're coming, that they, uh, just did. It's amazing, dude. The library is so easy. It, it, I recommend it. Uh, if you haven't used steam in a while and you have PC download it, and load it up and it'll uh, read your uh, computer for all your games. It's amazing. 
how it looks now. It's so easy to navigate. And uh, the intuitive part of it, of games that you might like, is pretty amazing. But um, one of the things that's coming with the EA Games is EA Access, their subscription service. That's going to be launching on Steam in the spring. Now, the thing that's cool because it's a huge list of games for PlayStation and for Xbox, but this is for PC. So my understanding is it gives you access to everything. If it's a PlayStation exclusive, you have access to it because you have EA access on your PC. If it's an Xbox exclusive, you have access to it. So you pay for the subscription service. You have access to both sides. Now, if, what what I think is really cool about it is it's not going to matter in the next couple of years anyway, because everything's going to be cross-platform. But the cool thing yeah. about it now is it's giving you access to games that you normally wouldn't have had access to. And you're right. also going to get not just the games themselves, but you get discounts and you also get to play demos. So it's a huge win-win for EA. It's a huge win-win for Valve. And it basically what it looks like is, you know, Epic is making their run with their game launcher and everything and how they're talking about how they're not going to, you know, they're on the gamer's side and all this. This is going to be a friggin' a nasty punch to the throat for Epic when Steam does this because this is a big, big deal. Right, which is interesting because it's really, I guess... Origin was already on the downslope, so I guess this is more of a response to Epic taking out Origin's real estate, basically. Yeah, in a way. EA still wants to make money, so I guess they're putting their games back on Steam. Back on Steam, yes. And I was actually looking up. I I don't know anyone that still uses Origin. I thought maybe they shut down, but no, they're still up. So Yeah, I use them. I have them. I have my Battlefields on there and everything else. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think it's a great thing. It's a win-win for them and everybody else. So yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool. EA is so, getting pretty confusing right now then. It, it is, but <laughs> I think... they have wh- Origin, Origin Access, EA, EA Access. They're talking about making a streaming service. When they, But here's the thing, though. <laughs> you know, like a Stadia thing. But those guys joining with Steam, because Steam has its own uh, streaming where you can stream live from Steam. And I think them joining with Steam is going to help them accomplish their their goals in the long run. So I think it's going to be a good thing. I really do. I think it's a I think it's a smart move, man. It's it's all about the money, right? And I think it's a very smart move. I think they're going to see a lot more uh, people accessing it through Steam <laughs> and uh, they'll get rid of the origin thing and everybody'll basically transfer <laughs> all their shit over. So yeah. That's going to be our new tagline. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Okay, cool. Speaking about all about the money, uh, (laughs) Amazon and Nintendo, they basically got together and struck a deal. Um, A bunch of people who sell retro games, the older games, and um, uh, the older products from Nintendo, um, they got a thing they on the Amazon Marketplace. These are people who are actual sellers, and even ones that have... Uh, legitimate and good and verified and all that crap. Uh, nothing but you know, uh, uh, good responses back and evaluations and whatnot. They got a notice without warning saying that uh, sellers could no longer list Nintendo products of any kind without seeking approval first. 
And <laughs> this this affects the games, the hardware, the handhelds, everything. Um, now, this is called uh, brand gating, and apparently it's a normal thing in e-commerce, but it, nobody knows when the deal was struck or what the exact terms are. It's uh, kind of close to, from what I've been reading, um, Amazon had a deal with Apple and other brands in the in the past, and it basically it, right. it effectively kicked off all but the biggest third-party sellers from the platform. And they basically said that it was because they were trying to, you know, cut down on counterfeit products. Right. Um, Nike does the same thing, uh, et cetera. But there's a lot of large third-party sellers on the marketplace that they're being cut off from it. And this is their business. This is a, this is how they make a ton of their money. Now they're having, these guys are being forced to go to, uh, you know, um, eBay, eBay and, yeah. uh, you know, all these other places, uh, back page or whatever, you know, to sell their crap, you know, Craigslist. Is that what it, they still have a Craigslist? Yeah, yeah there's still they Craigslist. Do. But what's interesting about this is, um, cartridges are so easy to counterfeit. They've been a big yeah. issue. And that and that is one of the things that they've been talking about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And some people think it's okay to have counterfeit cartridges in circulation uh, because sometimes it's hard to find yeah. games that are really out of print. But the thing is, even for me right now, if I wanted a legitimate copy of something, I would go to Amazon. If I was okay with a counterfeit, yeah. I would go to eBay. So this makes some sense to me because I don't expect counterfeit products from eBay uh, from Amazon, but from eBay, I know already there's a shit ton. So, well, from what I've been reading though, <laughs> from what I've been reading, counterfeit retro Nintendo cartridges have been a well-known open secret among Amazon sellers for a very long time. Um, now there's one guy who, talked to the verge i think it was and he said that he could go ahead and order two dozen old pokemon games from gamestop on amazon and it'll come back with maybe 12 or more bootleg cartridges right gamestop's really bad about that but but this is he says that he thinks this is amazon's way of cutting down on that and i can't blame them for that but what about the you know thousands of legitimate sellers that, you know, are trying to sell a refurbished Nintendo that they had, or, you know, some hardware or some cartridges that they had that, you know, now they have to go to like eBay, Etsy and wherever else in order to, to sell their stuff. You know, the thing is, I don't think this is hurting the common person. This is hurting the larger scale retailer because from my experience yeah. Amazon's really hard to sell through yeah. and they take a huge cut of what you make. I I feel like the everyday person is better on eBay. But oh, I agree. this is really hurting is a guy in <laughs> Well that's what I'm talking about. You you you've got some third party sellers on there that aren't the largest but they're pretty big and they, this is how they run their business. And so these, this is going to screw some people over in a way that are legitimate. that are legitimate companies that sell refurbished items. Yeah. I'm just saying it's such a small percentage that yes, someone's getting screwed over, but they are really trying to screw over that guy in the Philippines that is manufacturing a thousand copies of 
Super Smash Brothers for the N64. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. And he wants a big market, you know, because the tr- the fact of the matter is Amazon gets more clicks than eBay. So uh, that's why you want to be on there. But if you're trying to sell one or two things, um, it doesn't matter because you're one of a million people trying to sell something on eBay. I mean, on Amazon. Why can't I keep them straight? Um, but yeah, I, the, the yeah. legitimate companies that are trying to refurbish games like a mom and pop retro game store that also has an online retailer through Amazon. I get, yeah, that does hurt them because they're probably legitimately trying legitimately trying to refurbish items and not only have a physical store, but also have like a electronic store. I get that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also understand why Nintendo is a corporation that is trying to cut down on this because they want to be, they want to be like Apple in the sense where you want your product to be trusted and not more counterfeit stuff in circulation than real stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be like running over your story, but <laughs> no, not at all, dude. Not at all. Um, you are bringing up a really good point. There's been a lot of talk about Nintendo maybe releasing old school cartridges again, like limited yeah. runs of uh, games that have been so long out of print that it's hard to find any real versions of. Um, and maybe this is a step in the right direction. When we, I was talking very early in the podcast history about episode two or three, I was talking about when Nintendo took down all of the Nintendo game soundtracks from YouTube. Um, and I was hoping that they would release official versions of these soundtracks. They still haven't done it, but I, I guess I'm going to give the same speech again, where if they're cutting down on the ability to get these counterfeit versions, uh, if they're getting really heavy on these websites for having ROMs posted and stuff, um, they have to have an alternative. They have to have a way for people to purchase it. And it can't just be the digital eShop with how slow they put up old school titles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I have to say about that. You, I'll let you go back to your story. But oh, no, no, no. That's all I had on it too, man. We're good. Okay. Well, cool beans. Um, okay. Back to you. <laughs> Over. Um, Over. Over. <laughs> <laughs> small bit of news is the PlayStation 10 has been copyrighted. Um, this oh is just God. a random thing. They've already gone through PlayStation went ahead and copyrighted PlayStation five through 10. So um, there's, there's no way in hell that PlayStation is going to have a PlayStation 10 consoles will be so dead by then. Yeah, but they, they own the, they own the uh, rights to PlayStation 10 right now. So Sony, is thinking ahead. And w- what's really funny is I'm kind of surprised they didn't already do this. <laughs> it's kind of funny that they just now did it. Um, but they have purchased all of those PlayStation titles. So you don't have to worry about. That's the thing is we were talking about when they s- revealed that the PlayStation 5 was going to be called the PlayStation 5. And we were making fun of that. Well, this is proof that. Of course, they're never going to surprise us with a name <laughs> because, of course, the thing after PlayStation 5 is going to be PlayStation 6 because they've already copyrighted its name. So, yeah, uh, there's no doubt in our minds of what any future PlayStation title is going to be called. So more power to them, I guess. Um, next thing in news is 2K20. 
the basketball game, not the glitched out wrestling game. 2K20, the um, slot machine basketball game, (laughs) Um, (laughs) is already running ads in the game. And this is not really surprising, but it is insulting because 2K19 started receiving ads in June. So the game had already been out for about um, 10 months. So it was already out for a while. And there was a week where they lowered the price of 2K19 to like $3 or something. And it was also that they could get more ad revenue from playing ads that were unskippable in 2K19. And they faced a lot of backlash for that. And what's so crazy is 2K20 has been out for like a month that it already has those same ads. So they didn't wait 10 months. They didn't cut the price of it. It is still a $60 game that now has unskippable ads in it. So uh, 2K is at it again. (laughs) And 2K is, it's so crazy because we make fun of uh, game developers like Activision and EA and 2K, but 2K is doing a special kind of just miserly kind of terrible (laughs) <laughs> terrible behind the scenes work and it's it's getting really annoying and 2k needs a wake-up call which leads me into my next story mike Uh-oh. watch this segue uh ea announced that nba live 20 was not going to come out this year so if you were not aware of nba live 20 it is ea's competitor to the 2k series of basketball games and while EA owns most other sports games like Madden and NHL and other basically franchises, 2K is the top producer of basketball games by a long shot. So EA is not even releasing their basketball game this year because their last year's outing was just so poorly received by basically the audiences that didn't buy it because everybody bought 2K19, you know. Um, hmm. so EA's skipping it entirely, but here's the hopeful thing. They said something that I've been talking about this whole year. They said that next year they're going to release a new type of basketball game. They didn't say NBA live 2021. They said a new type of basketball game. And what this could be is it could be a sports game that actually just updates and does not make you buy it every year. And I, I said this before that it's the way EA could take down 2K is if they released a basketball game that did not have a new release every year. And I really hope they do that. But the thing is, if EA does do that, it's going to put pressure on them to do it for other franchises like Madden and their other sports, things like FIFA, which there's no way that... The thing is, FIFA, I feel like they should be able to do updates because they have already in-game purchases, you know? But NBA Live is going to be reconstructed next year, and I'm fingers crossed hoping that it's going to be a updating title rather than a yearly title. Hopefully it just comes out and it's called NBA Live, and that's it, you know? Yeah. And that'd be really cool because people will really want to buy it next year with what 2K has done the last two years with their basketball games. Just how sleazy and just so (laughs) 
<laughs> just so so envious of what money they can make rather than actually releasing a good game. Like, there's just so embarrassing. Um, I don't know what 2K is doing next, but <laughs> they really need to do an upswing. But the thing is, I don't even care anymore because 2K has been so insulting to their audience that I don't even want them to really make it out of this. There's game companies that struggle, like Bethesda. I want to see Bethesda do better things, but 2K yes. is just so ridiculously insulting their fans and yeah. just really worried about the bottom line dollar that I, I don't want to see them come out of this. I, I want to see 2K burn next year. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so basically I really hope EA, which is crazy that I'm supporting EA because EA is just as bad as other people. But if EA is choosing to try to work on a game rather than release a yearly title, then it could just be about the money. It could just be about the fact that the last year's NBA Live title made so little money that there's no point releasing this year's. But if that's what it takes to make a game developer actually develop a good game, then that's what we've always been talking about. If True. we don't like Fallout 76, you just stop playing it. Maybe they'll yep. make something better. But yep. it's because people keep buying the 2K games every year that they're never going to learn. So if if what it takes is not purchasing a game to make the company actually make a better game, then yeah. EA is just proving it right now that they are going to spend an extra year making a better NBA title. And if that means making a title that releases once and not every year, then awesome. So right hopefully on. that's what ends up happening. Um, that's my rant about that. And I'll send it back to you. Okay, cool, man. Cool. Um, got a little bit of news about Apex Legends. Um, Apex Legends has hit 70 million players total. Um, which is a big deal. Wow. Um, EA is uh, very excited about this, not just uh, Apex Legends, but also uh, their FIFA Ultimate Team, Madden Ultimate Team, and The Sims 4. Their live games, the games that are live and interacting, uh, they are going to go ahead and basically they're uh, in a statement, quote, doubling down on their live services now uh, because of you know, combined with their core franchises, uh, they are going to invest more in those games, man, because people are playing the hell out of them. They're playing them longer. They're engaging with them. And uh, they think that it's going to basically make their company bigger. They're going to profit from it. And uh, good things are going to happen for them for it. Uh, in the last 12 months, and this is what I'm uh, reading from uh, an interview that was done on... PC gamer. I'm just going to read you this one part that in 12 months, they hit 3.883 billion for products wow. and services that were sold digitally. 3.883 billion for digital alone. That's not the actual disc copies or any of that. That's an 8% yeah. year over year increase. And basically, that accounts for 78% of their total net bookings. That's huge, dude. That is huge. They're making big bucks. And they say live games with the more interactivity, it's the future, man. And I agree with them. I really do think that live games and the games where people are getting together and playing together, I think it's a big deal, man. 
and uh, being able to interact with a, a world that actually has live people in it. Um, that's what people want. And that's what they want to do. And um, these guys are, you know, hitting it right on with it. Uh, them going to steam is just another big part of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that it's, it's yeah. the, the moves the EA is making right now um, with the games that they have. I think it's a very, very good decision for them. I really do. And cool. uh, yeah, man. So it's a, that's a big deal um, because of I didn't Apex. think we we're going to talk about EA this much today, but it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, EA's doing good, man. I mean, they're doing some good things and they're making some good moves. Um, kind of hurt me to hear that, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> kind of hurt you to hear that. Well, here's <laughs> here's a here's a fun little story for you. Um, CS:GO. Uh, this came from Valve, uh, Steam, basically. Um, CS:GO story. Uh, container keys can no longer be sold on the open market, the community market, uh, because they were being used for money laundering. Now, it does not affect any keys <laughs> that were bought before um, before today, basically, um, or before four days ago. Um, pre-existing keys you can still sell on the Steam community market, so you're going to be able to sell those and blah blah blah. But anything bought after that. You cannot sell. It stays with the account. You have to use it, and that's just the way it goes. Um, they said that most of the key trades that were from legitimate customers, but they noticed that all of a sudden um, uh, there was some keys that looked like they were fraud sourced, right. and um, they said that they were watching, and it was kind of like what uh, Western Union used to see in the past, um, where all these people were coming in, and they were they were buying and selling all these keys well that's what they were doing they were taking their illegitimate gains buying the csgo keys with them selling them on the open market for real cash and their money's laundered they don't have to worry about it it's the dirty right. money's They're out of their hands it to hide to get, their paper trails right yeah yeah and that's basically what it was i mean csgo had issues with it back in uh 2016 when they were doing <laughs> skin gambling I don't right. know if you remember that. I was that. about to say, this isn't the first time that their keys have been a problem. Exactly. Exactly. And But, you know, Valve went after these guys like hardcore back then. So it's just, you know, it's reassuring to see that they're, they're still taking all this stuff seriously. They don't like cheating. They don't like this secondary crap that's happening. And, um, you know, uh, even that back then, uh, Washington State Gambling Commission got involved in that. So it was a big deal for Valve then. Um, even with CSGO, with uh, regulation on loot boxes and things like that, uh, they said in France, CSGO update just for France gave an x-ray scanner so that people could see what was inside the container before they were unlocked or bought. Yes. This is where? In France. Oh because of the regulations against loot boxes that France is so strict on it that CSGO update for French players got an x-ray scanner so that they can see what's inside the box before they purchase it. So they can just, you know, they don't have to purchase certain boxes if they don't want them. So are the boxes totally gone now or just the keys? The keys. Or the ability to trade keys. The ability, keys. the ability to sell keys and trade them on the Steam community market, you cannot sell them. I mean, this feels like a no-brainer. I don't feel like you should have ever been able to sell them. I, I agree. don't know what Valve is thinking. 
Um, because what do they have to gain from that besides basically asking for this type of issue to happen? I don't know why they, I don't know why they didn't get rid of the keys after the whole, um, lottery type thing or whatever it was. The, uh, yeah, the gambling, the gambling thing that yeah. was about three or four years ago. Well, here's um, the thing though, is right now, they don't. Ha- they feel like almost all the keys that are being traded or sold on the marketplace are fraud sourced. Almost all of them. They they're right. They're so convinced that any of these keys that are being purchased. So basically, they're saying, yeah, you know, if you've already purchased them, you could still sell them or trade them. But after this, no. Which tells me that they they're That's on crazy. somebody's trail, man, and they're watching who's selling right now. It probably means that the FBI came to. Oh yeah, I would think that that's very. <laughs> they possible. probably came to Valve, and then Valve just felt pressured to <laughs> cl- close it down, basically, before things got worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah, there's man, no way I mean, that they probably. The thing is, they. The thing is, Valve has probably noticed a bunch of fraudulent stuff already happening. Oh yeah. Especially if they would leave this whole system up after gambling was already a big issue. Um, so there must've been another person that stepped in. I don't think they would have just willingly taken this down before someone like the FBI got involved, you know? Yeah. Well, so, but, but at the same time, when you have things that you're able to sell on a community market, you still are being governed by, um, uh, trade commission laws and federal laws and so forth. So there are things that they have to watch for. That's just like when I brought up the whole Western Union thing or even the MoneyGram. If you, if a store or a company wants to sell that product for MoneyGram or be able to transfer money, there are so many federal laws that they have to be schooled on and you have to put yeah. your people into training, etc., to make sure that you know what to look for as far as money laundering, as far as scams, etc. So any of these gaming companies that have this ability, yeah, I think that they have to go through all that. And that's why some of these other games have already taken stuff like that down. Because I remember when people were selling fully leveled out and decked out characters on World of Warcraft on eBay for thousands of dollars, dude. <laughs> I'm talking thousands. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was one of the people that actually went on eBay and looked and I was like, man, I wish I could afford that back then because <laughs> if I would have been rich, I probably would have bought them. But at the same time, you know, and people used to do that with weapons and things like that, that they could trade or whatever. But um, but they changed that into a game wide uh, syst- uh, economy, basically server based economy. Uh, but people still mess with that. But, yeah, I think that. um yeah, that they have to follow those federal laws if they have that kind of stuff in their game anyway. So maybe Valve was looking at it. And like you said, maybe the FBI or some other, you know, three-lettered organization got involved with them and said, <laughs> hey, man, let's watch these guys, and this is the move you're going to make so that we can tell who's doing what. I'm just trying to make the story more exciting, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. But that's all I have on that, man. Cool. Um, I don't really have anything else this week. Um, the BlizzCon is still actively going on, as I've said earlier. Yep. Um, be sure to catch whatever is still going on in BlizzCon if I post this episode in time. Um, 
by the time you hear this, it'll probably be yesterday that BlizzCon was talking about Overwatch 2. But yeah, basically in summation about Overwatch 2, um, just the answers to the questions just raised more questions. Um, yes. It's still the real questions that I have have not been confirmed. And that's what's so funny about it. Um, but hopefully we'll know more by next week. I assume there'll be some clarification with the confusing announcements because it is public information. Now they don't have to act like they didn't know any of this anymore because it was all leaked out and then it was all confirmed. So maybe they will be more clear when asked questions now because they don't have to hide it. <laughs> True. But on that note, um, we will catch y'all next week. Um, was it a really long episode this week, but no. Um, we got through it all. I think I was just talking really fast because I feel like this whole episode I've been talking really fast. That's because you had Wraith Energy Drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've been concerned that I've been gonna I'm gonna give you like anxiety or something because I'm talking so fast. But no, dude, hopefully no, I don't. no, 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 not at all, <laughs> not at all. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Catch you all next week. Uh, thanks for listening again. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, we're just two idiots trying to make it through the day in a world full of gaming and politics. Indeed, indeed. And remember, guys, if you if you hear or if you have any questions about uh, some of the stuff that we were talking about, um, and you you know. Um, you want to give us your input, especially on the Overwatch stuff. If you have any uh, speculation as to what you think is going to be happening, by all means, send us that question. Send us what you think is going to happen, and we'd love to discuss it uh, on next week's show. I definitely would like to know uh, what's going to be happening next, and who knows? You may be right. And you know what? I'm going to throw this out there right now. I'm going to throw this yeah. out there right now. That uh, I know the game doesn't come out for quite a while. But if you send us some uh, some sort of a scenario that you think is going to happen and it comes out correct, I am personally going to send you a Gamer Boy Bathwater t-shirt. But there's only going to be one winner. <laughs> and I will take all of those right answers and I will put them in a hat and I will pull one. And someone will win a Gamer Boy Bathwater t-shirt. So if you get the correct scenario for what's going to be happening next on Overwatch 2, when the game pops and drops, then you're going to win the t-shirt. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the person that's going to win is going to have such a open idea of what it's going to be. <laughs> I know. It's going to be something crazy that nobody else thought of, probably. Right. Yeah. Uh, and- yeah, and uh, we like to have a good time on the show, but on a serious note to kind of to lead us out of this episode, um, if you or a loved one uh, is struggling with money laundering, uh, money laundering <laughs> is a real serious issue in the world today. It um, is. It is. If you, if you do need someone to open up to, um, we are always available. Just send us a message. But more importantly, you can report them to the finsin.com it is a open source to the government where you can report money laundering and uh, i wish they had a right phone on. number but they don't uh it's just a website so be sure to keep your receipts and report money laundering absolutely 
thought you were joking. No, no, I mean, yeah, kind of, but I was trying to act like I wasn't. <laughs> Don't wash your money. <laughs> Don't wash your money. Uh, it no. is not made out of completely paper, so it can handle a few washes, but after a while, it's going to start deteriorating. Yep. Just like the actual dollar. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good sign on. The grind feels incredible. Ooh, holy hell. What the hell? That sounds like a hell of a good time.